first four. We've talked about uh, in the first four, we talked about the first commandment, you know, no other gods before me. Make no graven images. No, uh, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day. Those things were, were put in place so that we would remember God and God being first and foremost. But God said, number two, the second is like it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I love myself pretty good. He said, how do you know? Because I got up and got dressed this morning. And I made sure that I looked good this morning and combed my hair. All four pieces of it on top. Made sure they were in the right spot. You know, I made sure that I got myself ready. But we love ourselves a whole lot. Sometimes I fear that we love ourselves more than we love those around us. But God says, love thy neighbor as thyself. But the last six deal with us loving our neighbor like we ought to love our neighbor. So we're just going to go through these tonight. Number one for tonight, which is number five. He says in verse number 11 is where we will begin reading. Or verse 12, I'm sorry. Honor thy father and thy mother. That, thou, that thy days may be long upon the earth or on the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Verse 13. That thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his maid manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they were moved and stood afar off. So just as we make, make our way through these, he says, first of all, he says, now that you love God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind, let's start off with who you need to, who you need to love first. He says, love thy neighbor as thyself. So first of all, he begins with number 12, verse number 12. He says, number one, he said, honor thy father and thy mother. If you'll notice this, now, and we know this, I mean, I'm not speaking to any children in the room today. I mean, you are a child, but we're past that point of our life, right? Where, but it doesn't, no, no, Alfred's not, is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Uh, he's not. You better listen to your wife. Instruct Alfred in this room tonight, then. No, I'm just kidding. No, and ultimately, the, the, the Bible doesn't say to obey thy mother and thy father. It says to honor thy mother and thy father. You'll said again, it, you know, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 1, he said, Children, Lord, uh, children obey the Lord, it, it, that is right, and this is right to do. Verse number 12 in this chapter, he said, Honor thy father and mother. Then there's a promise with this. So you'll notice that the first commandment that God gives to us treating others right is treating our parents right. How we ought to treat our parents. We have to honor them. Show honor to whom honor is due.
account that your days may be long upon the earth. Now, you'll, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, he says that, that it is the first commandment with a promise. So the first commandment with a promise in the Bible is to honor your mother and your father. So <coughs> if my mama tells me to do something and I do it, that's great. But when she's out of the room and no one's watching, then I do it. That's called honoring. Because she doesn't know whether I do it or not. That's the honoring part. Now, now I will say this, and, I, and again, I, I, I say this. Uh, I, I do not think that he says, Thou shalt not live long on the earth. I don't think necessarily that everyone that lives long honored their parents. But I do think that you will have longer life if you will honor your parents. You know, say you were only supposed to live to be 21, but because you honored your parents, God allows you to live to be 35. Say you was only supposed to live 75, but God allows you to live to 105 because you honored your parents, right? I mean, that's the principle of it is that God says that if you will obey or honor your parents, he'll give you longer life. But I do not think that just because someone who dies an early death doesn't mean that they were dishonoring to their parents. That sometimes can be... Well, why did that child die when he was young? It has probably little to do with whether he was honoring or dishonoring his parents. Now, again, I'm speaking to a crowd that's all adults. So I'm not like telling you kids, hey, kids, you need to listen to your parents. But I know this to be true is that it, it is hard to be right with God and wrong with your parents. Because if, my, if everything's out of order and I'm right with God, guess what else I'm going to be right with? I'm going to be right with my parents. Uh, one thing, teaching children and teaching young people is that they need to honor their parents, but they need to have the right relationship with their parents and with God. Some people think they can be right with God and wrong with their parents, and it's not possible. Because it is their God-given oh, God given. Uh, ordinance or God-given person in their life, ordained by God. The family. Number one, we see honor thy father and thy mother. Number two, we see verse number 13, thou shalt not what? Kill. <coughs> well, you say, well, here it is, preacher. This is why we should never go to war. We, this is what the Bible says, thou shalt not kill. This kill means to murder, to take someone's life that is innocent to go through and murder someone who doesn't deserve to be murdered. Killing, you say, what do you mean by war then? What, what, what does God think about war? God, God says in the book of, in the Old Testament, it says that God is a God of war. Now you say, how in the world can God sit here and say, thou shalt not kill? But he sends people to war. And how can war be by God? Because sometimes it took being uh, God protecting his people by attacking the enemy. Amen. Now, just so we understand, sometimes the enemy needs to be attacked. Sometimes the enemy needs to be put on flight. Yeah. Had it not been for the United States of America, this world would not be a free, or this country wouldn't be a free country had it not stood up and fought against the evils of Rome. You say, how do you know that? Because uh, we can look back at history and know that they stood for right and stood for liberty. And
And had it not been for that, we would not still be able to freely assemble ourselves in church today. Amen. Without that. Freedom. Sometimes there has to be time for war. As sad as it is, people will die. Thousands of people have died in the name of war. Not always the way that we ought to, that, that we ought to have planned it. But people are not perfect, are we? This verse does not mean that you shouldn't defend yourself. This verse does not mean that you ought to let somebody come in your house and take your life. That's not what this verse means. Thou shalt not kill as thou shalt not murder. Take someone's innocent life. There have been many innocent lives taken in the name of abortion in this country. Amen. There have been many lives taken in the name of what some people would call social justice. That is not right. No. no. Christian, thou shalt not murder. Look, you say, well, you're preaching to the wrong crowd tonight. I've not murdered anybody since. Look. <laughs> but I want you to notice, and I'm not going to reference the exact text, but I want you to notice that Jesus goes a little stiffer than just the Ten Commandments in the New Testament. They, he's talking to him, and he said, he said, you shouldn't even think about it. He said, you, you are angry at your brother and say, Raka, you're danger of hellfire, is what the Bible says. And so he not only says you shouldn't murder somebody, but you shouldn't have anger towards someone in longing to kill someone. So Jesus takes it to the next step. So murder is wrong. But Jesus takes it to the next step and says, hey, you shouldn't even think about murdering someone. Man, I wish I could bring them the neck. You've never said that before, have you? Honor thy father and mother, thou shalt not kill. Number three, thou shalt not commit adultery. It's plain and simple, doesn't it? It's, there's, there's no other cut line here. Thou shalt not commit adultery. You shouldn't sleep with someone that's not your wife. That's as simple as it can be, is it not? It is a Ten Commandment that you shouldn't be with someone that is not your wife. So that's plain and simple. But Jesus takes it a little bit further in the New Testament. Jesus said, He that looketh upon a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery already in his heart. So Jesus said, Thou shalt not commit adultery in the book of Exodus. But Jesus said, wait a minute, let's take it a little bit further. I'm talking about your thought process. I'm talking about what you're looking at and what you keep your eyes on. It's so important. That we keep our eyes where they ought to be. Because adultery would never be committed without the thought of doing it before. Amen. I don't know if you remember the story in the Old Testament when David, David's son Amnon, Amnon had a friend. He, he had a friend. He had a sister, a half-sister, Tamar. And he, the Bible says that he thought it hard to do anything against her. He loved her. But that word love means that he lusted after her. He wanted her, his half-sister. Well, he had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the Bible says, and he was a very subtle man. Well, he told his friend about his sister, half-sister Tamar. 
Hey, I, man, I love her. I want to be with her. Amnon's friend, Jonadab, uh, talked him into taking his, his half-sister and raping her and taking her. That's what he talked to, talked to him about. So he said, you just play sick. She'll come in there, fix you a meal, and then you take, take her and be with her. So he goes and he pretends that he's sick and she comes in to feed him a meal and he takes her and forces her to lie with him. But none of that. She even said to him, stop. If you would just ask dad, dad would say it's okay. If you would just get permission, it would be all right if we were together. But he took something that did not belong to him. But all of that started with a thought in the mind. We ought to be careful, men, what we put in front of our eye gate. What are we looking at? What are we watching? We ought to be careful what we look at. I wonder, what are you looking at over there? Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt honor thy father and thy mother. Number four. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not steal. What does that mean? It's plain and simple. You shouldn't take something that doesn't belong to you. If it doesn't belong to you, who is it? whose is it? Not yours. So you shouldn't take something... <coughs> that belongs to somebody else. Don't steal. Don't steal. You know, Jesus, and these are these are laws in which we built our uh, built our foundation of, of our country on. These are laws in which, if we would follow, would help our country out a whole lot. If we had people that would follow these laws and honor your parents and not stealing and not killing and not committing adultery, man, we've taken a part of a lot of crime in America, huh? That's right. But we've lost our moral foundation in our country. But I hope to God that as a Christian we would never lose our moral foundation that right is always right and wrong is always wrong. It's always wrong to steal, even if you justify. Well, you know, I, you know, I could probably get away with it. No, wrong is always wrong to steal. It's always wrong to take from somebody who uh, take from take something from somebody who, and it's theirs. It's not right. It never is right. Honor your father and mother. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Number 16, or verse number 16. Number 5. Thou shalt not bear false witness. What does that mean? To lie. Thou shalt not lie. That's what this means. So what does that mean to me? That's plain and simple, right? Shouldn't tell a lie. Sometimes you think, man, it's easier to lie. But then you got to tell another lie to cover up that lie. You know, I remember as a kid, we'd get in trouble. And my parents were always, if you tell the truth, you'll get in less trouble than you would if you just, if you lie. If I find out you're lying, you're going to get double trouble. If 
I, you know, tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. But I, I think that it's so easy sometimes, oh man, I'll just lie. Omit. You know, omission is the same as a lie. Omitting the truth is just the same as a lie. Well, you know, it's just a little white lie. White lie, big lie, small lie. Omission is still is still a lie. No matter how you slice it, it's still a lie. And the truth shall make you what? Free. free. People that tell the truth, you can be free indeed, is what the Bible says. But if you tell a lie, guess what? You're going to be chasing, you're going to be chasing that lie. Because you're going to have to remember what you said. What did I tell that guy? What did I tell him? Because the next time comes around, I've got to remember what I told him. Because the truth, you don't have to remember. That's right. Because it's the truth. Now, man, if it's the truth, it's always going to be the truth. It's going to be exactly the way that it happened rather than a lie. Now, what did I tell him last time? Because the bass that you caught last week was this big, and the bass you caught this week was this big. But the next time you tell the story, the bass was this big, right? I know how men are, right? The bass gets bigger and bigger every time you tell it. That's not true, though, is it? How big was the bass? <laughs> that big. That's not lying. Yeah, even if it makes it makes you, man, it makes me feel better if I just I'll omit that. That sounds a little bit better. And honestly, even as a preacher, a preacher shouldn't lie. You say, what? A preacher shouldn't lie. I can't, I should never withhold the truth from anybody. You know, well, you say, well, that's that's harsh. But if it's the truth, it needs to be told. There's a, but you say, well, I don't know about the look. I, my job as a, as a preacher is to tell the truth. Paul says, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? No, I don't want to be anybody's enemy. But if it take, if I'm telling you the truth and it hurts your feelings, it makes you mad, it makes you my enemy, then so be it. Because I can't lie. I can't lie. I, I feel sorry for those preachers that won't preach the truth. Amen. Who want to water it down. Who want to add to. Who want to take away. I, I'm not supposed to take away. I'm not supposed to add to. I'm supposed to tell you exactly what it is. Amen. That's my job. Well, sometimes I don't even like it. <laughs> Good job. But it's my job to deliver the truth. And lastly, number six, verse 17. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not cover, covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant. You think he was trying to be thorough here? Nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is, is thy neighbor's. You know what that means? Leave it alone. If it's his, I shouldn't stand there and go, man, I want that. Would you look, man, if I had that? <laughs> Woo! But some people live their life standing there going, man, I wish I, wished I had that. Man, I sure wish I had that. I'd be much better if I had that. We do. We do live that way sometimes. But he said, thou shalt not covet. But I, again, it, it goes back to even stealing. Even stealing. Because what causes someone to steal? Well, I want that. 
Well, I ain't going to work for that. Let me go steal it from her. <laughs> but too many times we as Christians, we're pining for something that it belongs to somebody else. Man, I wish. Ooh, man, it would be so nice to have that neighbor's car. Neighbor's house? Would you look at that house? I mean, would you look at that garage? I mean, they've got it all set up. Man, I'd love to have that. Bible says not to do that. Because as Paul says in the New Testament, I need to be content with where, I'm not quoting the verse completely right, but he says I need to be content with where I am at. If God has me here, then guess what? I need to be what? I need to be content right here. If God has me doing this, I need to be content doing that. But that is, that is the principle of this, is that how can we love our neighbor as ourselves, how can we love each other like we ought to love each other? Is not to lie to each other because if we lie, guess what? That will cause division. That will cause man. He lied to me. I remember he lied to me, and, and, and it begins to oh, this guy lied and this guy did this, and he's over there covenant against me. But if we keep these values true and these five and these six commandments about how we treat others, man, I think that we could love each other a little bit better. Worrying about. Keeping myself right, not coveting, not stealing, not killing. Please don't kill anybody this week. You patting him on the shoulder? Oh no! I'm not going to kill him. Oh, you're not going to kill him. That's your that's your reassurance that you're not going to kill him this week. But as as we live our life, I mean, some of them, I, I'm not killing. But you'd be surprised at the, oh man, I thought that guy was a good guy. Uh, for instance, I remember uh, I was assistant manager at a grocery store. We used to have these, these guys rolling Coca-Colas every week. He'd come in two, two times a week normally. Once or twice a week, he'd come in, come in, bring Cokes in. That Monday morning, he'd come rolling in Coca-Cola, and I'd sit there and talk to him. And we'd, we'd been, he'd been delivering Cokes for a long time, and I remember sitting there talking to him and carrying on conversation and things went on. And later on that day, uh, the police uh, came or the, uh, the detectives came by the store and was asking questions about this guy's whereabouts on a certain day last week or a couple weeks ago. And, man, I, I just was like, okay, whatever, and went about my way. And it wasn't just a couple weeks later they had arrested that Coca-Cola guy for murdering his girlfriend. Whoa, man. And he was in the grocery store, and I was shaking his hand and talking to him face to face. And man, it, it hit me. I said, "What in the world? I would have never, I would have never thought that about that man." Because it's not about who we are on the outside; it's about who we are on the inside. Amen. And the reason we have trouble loving people like we ought to is because we've got a problem with what's on the inside. The reason people murder, the reason people steal, the reason people are doing that is not what's going on on the outside. It's what's going on on the inside. You think about what's going on in our in our country today, the, the terrorizing and the and the tearing down of things and all the things that are taking place in our country today, and the reason that's going on is not what's going on on the outside. It's what's going on on the inside. You say, what does that have to do with right now? Because what am I doing on the inside? I need to love my neighbor as myself. 
how would my neighbor feel if I did that to him? I would never do that to myself, but we'll do it to a neighbor. Who's my neighbor? Well, that's just the guy that lives beside me. It's everyone. Everyone's my neighbor. So how do I treat my neighbor? Do I treat him the way that God wants me to? Or do I treat him the way that I want to? Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Let's have a word of prayer. Time of invitation. Lord, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for allowing us to gather together tonight. I pray that you've used me in spite of me, Lord. I pray that we will take this time to pray, a time to spend time with you this evening. Lord, <clears throat> talk about these Ten Commandments. Lord, I pray that you help us to love our neighbors, to be kind to our neighbors. Lord, I pray that you help us, encourage us, strengthen us in the Lord. We thank you for all that you've done. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you want to pray right there you're at, you want to pray at the altar, that's up to you. Take as much time as you need. Spend time with God tonight.